Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan University Football Coaches Show, a weekly look at the latest happenings in Profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble Bookstore, The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club, Inspira Health, Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar, the Rowan University Alumni Association, and the Southwest Council. Now we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey with Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Accorsi, for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It's another Thursday night, and it is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from right here in Glassboro, New Jersey. It is Italian Affair, the spot the place to be on Thursday nights each and every Thursday night during the Rowan football season at 6 p.m. And as always, I'm Derek Jones and, of course, joined by the head coach of Pros Football, Jay Corsi. Coach, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, had a great meal here last week. Oh, we'll talk. Yes. And so <laughs> my wife and other daughter will be here again tonight. Oh, <laughs> We're eating here again tonight. <laughs> I love it. So. I love it. Well, I guess that's a part of the review. It was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, the veal parm is my favorite. That's that, yeah, it's really good. That is great to hear, and yep. certainly uh, some good times to be had here tonight as a part of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. You can check out previous episodes of the show on your podcasting platforms by searching Rowan Radio On Demand Sports. And coach, let's get into it. Last Saturday, the tough forty-four to twenty-one outing against our sinus. I mean, look, you talked about it going into the game. This is a very tough team. They were up 37-7 to at one point before you fought back with a couple of late scores. Take me through your thoughts on that game on Saturday. Yeah, and again, you know, as, as I told the team afterwards, you know, I, th- I thought we were ready. I thought we were prepared. You know, I thought we would have played better. I, you know, I knew they were going to be really good, and, and they are a really good team. Um, you know, when you look at the Centennial and Jack Challenge, you know, the Centennial's doing really well against the conference. Um, you know, so so we knew we knew in these out of conference games that we were going to be really stressed um, again. And so I told the team, I said, you know, it starts with me and, you know, I have to look at what we did and what we didn't do. And did we prepare you and did we not? And are you know, the things we should have changed? And again, you know, you haven't played a Saturday night game. So we played a Thursday night game home. We played a Saturday away day game away. You play a Saturday night game home. You know, again, you're always looking for, you know, did we do something with the schedule different? Did we not do something we should have done different? Um, you know, and again, you have to give the other team credit. But, you know, again, and, you know, and I look at myself, too, early in the game, you know, the fourth and short, I think I stressed a young offense and quarterback by going for it. So I look at myself as well. And, again, that's what I told the players after the game and all this week is, you know, as coaches, we have to look at what we do as well. And I'll be the first one to tell you and tell the players, I'll never just blame the players. You know, it's a it's a whole total team effort. And we all need to look at each other and we all need to look at ourselves. And, you know, that starts with me and the coaching staff. And you, you go back to that stretch early on in the game in the first quarter. So Ursinus gets the ball, pretty much goes three and out, and then the props take the field. You, you go for it on fourth yeah. and one right near midfield. I mean, in this era of analytics, I mean, people always seem to stress to go, well, if it's that close, go for it. 
but you mentioned the, the, the quarterback situation. I mean, how do you how do you measure that in such a and that's also too a tough snap decision make because you don't have long to think about it. Yeah, and again, early in the game, it's a feel, but you know, again, I'm usually more conservative by nature. You know, you look at it, you punt, you pin them down. You know, they went three and out. Now you give them the ball at midfield. You know, probably not smart on my account. Uh, but again, you know, you got to live with your decisions, and I told the team that. And you know, again, you got to go with what it is, but. You know, trying to find out who our quarterback is and our identity offensively, probably not the best thing to do. And, you know, I, I take that back. I, I, you know, roll with the dice and you go with it. But, again, you get the first down, you charge down, you get some momentum. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. But, again, you know, as coaches, we need to look at that. As the game moves on, so they eventually go up 14 nothing, But, you know, you, you take a look at – Big plays that the defense has been able to make during the course of the season. We'll hear from our guests coming up in a little bit. But Eric Bryant with a 52-yard interception return for a touchdown, and that got you right back into things. Yeah, and again, I think giving up the, the touchdown just before half hurts. You know, you're down 14-zip. You're, you're struggling a little bit on both sides of the ball. You're on your heels. You know, you get a great pick six. You're back in at 14-7, and then all of a sudden you give it up again, and you're down you know, 21-7 instead of 14-7. And, again, I think those things matter, you know. That, that momentum swing is huge. And we just, you know, we just can't afford to do that. we got to rely on our defense a little bit more. We have more experienced players on that side. So, you know, we need to make sure we understand the, the situation. We do a lot of situations in practice. But, you know, I thought that was a huge part that affected us in the second half. And then from there, as you as you mentioned, Coach, that, that score to go into half with 16 seconds left to go. Yeah. They come out, they get a field goal in the third. That the only points of the third quarter, it's 24-7. Yeah. And, and, look, we, we've seen a lot of crazy games at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium over the years. Sometimes when you're watching a Rowan game, you never feel like it's over, but they were able to add a couple of scores on uh, during that fourth quarter. Yeah, but again, I thought at the end we fought. You know, we got some quick scores fast, so it shows that we can do it. It shows that we can play at high levels. We're just not consistent enough, and again, as coaches, we need to understand that. You know, we worked on it this week and the off week. We just need to be more consistent in our play, especially against really good football teams, you know. In two weeks, another really good one comes into town. Yeah. You know, nationally ranked team. We need to be prepared. We need to play better football, um, you know, continuously through the entire game, not spurts. And, you know, we got away with it two weeks ago at McDaniel. We didn't get away with it against Stevenson. We didn't get away with it against Ursinus. We certainly will not get away with it against Hopkins. So, you know, we have to understand that we just can't be that way and play that way. The profs have a bye week going into the Hopkins game and even despite that Hopkins still very much of the discourse about the NJAC which we'll get into a little bit later on in the show as you take a look at some of the the numbers um, in, in this game obviously you know the Ursinus offense put up some big numbers offensively on, on your side of things 158 yards on the ground one of those was a big carry by Bakula however it, it, it did seem like you know the you can see things in that running game that are, are, are coming together. Yeah, they are. And, again, we have to understand, you know, James didn't play the week before. You know, he's going to want to play every snap. You know, we just can't do that. We have some other backs that can mix it up. 
Um, so again, we, you know, we need to make sure we're mixing it up with James, with some fresh legs in certain situations, um, and not stress him over the course of an entire game. So I thought we did too much of that in that game, similar to what we did last year. We can't do that. And we have some really good young backs, so we got to mix that up a little bit um, and make sure we got some fresh legs in there all the time and, and knowing that James doesn't want to come out, you know. So, again, that's a credit to him, but we got to make sure, you know, we're fresh at every position. We have some really good players at that spot, so we need to be able to substitute freely um, in the entire course of a game. On the offensive side, the Pros, one of 11 on third down conversions. When you're trying to find that rhythm offensively, along with the quarterback situation, how do you balance and try to figure out, okay, let's see if we can ride the hot hand in this situation or that situation? Yeah, and again, you know, we started Thomas, and Thomas came out slow. You know, we went to Noah, you know, and then Noah had some struggles in the second half and got hurt. We went back to Thomas, and Thomas did really well. You know, so again, I'm, I, you know, I mentioned the team how proud – I am about how they haven't made it a quarterback controversy, how they've handled it really well, how they've supported all the quarterbacks. Um, We made a decision this week that Thomas is going to be our starter moving forward. Um, So, you know, the offensive coaches sat down with the quarterbacks and explained that to them. Um, So, you know, we're going with Thomas now moving on in. He's done some really good things. It's been a close race. Um, you know, Noah's a little nicked up from the game, hasn't practiced a lot this week, but we've made the decision that we're going to go with Thomas from now on in. And again, anytime you're juggling two quarterbacks, it just completely takes rhythm out of your offense. Um, you now you got receivers trying to figure out, okay, who's in there? They throw the ball differently. The ball's going to come out different. The cadence is different. The calls are different. It, it's really hard, and it puts a lot of people in a lot of stressful situations. So we're going with Thomas, and it's his job, and we're going to go with it and, and see where it is and hopefully get some some more fluidity to the offense. But, you know, big score, right? We were throwing the ball deep. Um, we were catching them on plays. We were able to run the ball and break it. So I'm very excited about what our young offensive players have been able to do. Now we got to match it up with what we do defensively and be more consistent. Is there at all a a silver lining in the fact that you get an extra week to kind of reinforce some things as you get set for a pretty tough opponent a couple weeks? Yeah, you know, anytime you have a a bye week, you know, in the season, it's it's really good. You hate to have it in the early part of the season because you don't want to have a game and then stop and try to restart and do it. So the nice part is, you know, we can look at the body of work for three games, um, you know, against some really good teams. Um, and decide, okay, what are we doing well? What are we not doing well? What can we work on this week? And again, your off week is, you know, back to basics. You're, you know, you're getting some players rested. You're not hitting as much. You're trying to refine some of the basic skills you get away from after training camp. So I thought we had a really good week of practice and did some really good things, did some more situational work we normally don't do. Did some, you know, good versus good with the offense against the defense in some confined areas. So I thought that was really good, and I, I think we've taken some really good steps. Another game for the Profs, and kind of another different receiver stepping forward in terms of leading the pack. Corey Gordon, three catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. You talked about the depth of the receiving core going into the season, and we've kind of seen that play out. Yeah, and we didn't have uh, Kevin Degnan. He was out being sick so you know we obviously had a really good week the week before against mcdaniel then he's out this week you know we're still down terry carlstrom who 
you know, it's going to be a huge loss for us offensively just because of his experience and savvy and being able to play inside the box and inside the numbers a little bit. Um, but all the other players have done really well. So Corey had a really good game. He's still, you know, the great part is he's still got a long way to go. We were without Kevin. Now Kevin's back this week. So I think we're going to get some players back um, that we're going to need to be able to compete against Sean Hopkins. Defensively, uh, what do you take away from a, a game like that because of, of the ability of Orsinus to be able to move the ball through the air, but also on the ground as well? They were able to eat up some big chunks of yards at times. Inconsistent. You know, that's the side of the ball we have the most experience in, and we're not playing like that. So, again, back to basics. I know the coaches worked on run fits. They worked on, you know, basic coverages and skills. That's the side of the ball we need to lean on, and we knew we needed to lean on early in the year that I don't think we're getting the production that we probably could from an experienced unit. And they have to understand that, you know, and they have to understand that role and really understand the challenge. And, again, with a young quarterback and some young offensive players, you know, we got to lean on our defense a little bit. And, again, I think they've come up a little bit short. But, again, you're playing against some good teams too. So, you have to kind of look at a lot of different factors. Um, Ursinus is going to win a lot of games. Stevenson's going to win a lot of games. McDaniel's very athletic. Um, you know, they're kind of going through learning curves with a new head coach. So, again, I think you have to take that also into perspective that you're playing some really good teams. And I, I don't want to get too much into comparisons of, of leagues necessarily, but, you know, it, the centennial, I mean, it, it's, it's one thing to play against one team from that league, but when you're seeing a lot of different styles, it, it, it can be very challenging. Yeah, you know, and again, you have to give them a lot of credit. Um, you know, they, they got some really good programs, you know, in Muhlenberg and Hopkins and Ursinus. And, you know, again, there's a reason why small private schools put a lot into their athletic programs. Uh, there's a reason why they put a lot into their football programs. Um, you know, they're kind of the face of a small university. So, um, again, you have to give them a lot of credit. I've known Pete Gallagher for a long time. He's been at Ursinus for a long time. He's done a really good job. I remember talking to him at a luncheon a few years ago, and, you know, we talked about the difference between kind of Hopkins and everybody else, and that was before Muhlenberg started to turn the corner, and it was offensive and defensive line. That was the difference, I thought, in the game Saturday night. They were more experienced and more stout um, and, and gave us a lot of problems up front. And anytime that happens, you, you're going to struggle. Um, and I thought that was, you know, part of the key to our, our challenges against her sinus. And it's going to be the same thing against Hopkins. They're big across the line, both sides. They're very stout. They're deep. They're very athletic. Um, you know, that's what you're going to see against those better centennial teams. Profs and Johns Hopkins will meet on September 30th. The Profs with a bye week before that and looking to turn things around coming up on the 30th against the Blue Jays of Johns Hopkins in a matchup between two teams who have not met since the playoffs, playoffs in yeah. 2014 in Baltimore. Yeah, you know, um, you know, their longtime head coach Jim Margraff passed away of a heart attack. He had been there forever. He actually started coaching at Penn. Um, I, I think he might have played at Hopkins. I, I'm not sure, but he, he had been at Hopkins for a long time. I got to know him a little bit on some committees. Um, you know, when we went down there to play them, uh, it was a really good playoff game. They had a really good team. We had a really good team. 
Um, and he was just starting, I think, to explain that they were turning the corner as an institution. You look at all their athletic programs, they're really good. It's a phenomenal academic school. It's almost like, if not better than some Ivies. Um, their academic reputation is off the charts. You look at their roster, their football roster, players from all over the country. Um, so, again, you know, national recruiting, nationally recognized institution, um, I think one of the largest endowments of all the um, collegiate institutions in the United States. I think they're double the next nearest one. They're even higher than the Ivies. Um, but, again, they're doing a really good job. And, and Jimmy really started to get the program going unfortunately passed of a, of a sudden heart attack and he was just a great guy and you know it's a shame he's not able to see the fruits of all his hard work there um and he built it up and got them going um and they, they haven't lost a beat um you know that they're, they're really good and it's going to be a great challenge for us and we will talk plenty about johns hopkins over the next week plus as the props enjoy the bye week after they lost to Ursinus last Saturday to the tune of 44-21. Rowan falling to 1-2 and two on the season. Ursinus improving to 3-0. and oh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from one of the key cogs of the profs on the defensive side, Eric Bryant, as he joins us right here from Italian Affair in Glassboro. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way from Glassboro in just a moment. WGLSFM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. Visit their website calendar to discover when you can join the next community coalition meeting. For more information on the GRASP Coalition or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash hour-coalitions. The GRASP Coalition and the Southwest Council are proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah. That's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with me, WGLS-FM Assistant News Director Riley Adams. Each week, I'll discuss with local and national newsmakers topics that affect you and our community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair the third Saturday of every month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. We're here with you until 7 p.m. I'm Derek Jones, joined by the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Corsi, and right now joined by defensive back Eric Bryant of the Rowan University Pross Football team. And, Eric, welcome to the show, first of all. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about uh, the season so far for the props. Obviously, you know, the, the defense ha- has been a work in progress throughout the season, but you've been able to make some big plays defensively. What have you seen out there? Honestly, my coaches always told me that I was a playmaker and I would get my chance to shine and show 
the D3 in our conference what I can do. And I feel like they're right. This is my year to show the conference what I could do. So you have in three seasons with the props, three touchdowns. I mean, how do you, is some of it being in the right place at the right time and kind of taking advantage of the situation presented to you? It's all about technique and knowing your assignment. I'm always at the right position at the right time. So take me through the interception last Saturday. Last Saturday, I was breaking down, guarding my man, and then I saw the ball out and I broke. And it came right in my hands. <laughs> and so when you get that feeling when you get the interception are you just at that point thinking i'm making a straight beeline to the end zone every time i think pick six every time <laughs> well you, you have to enjoy having somebody that aggressive out there on the field to help the defense yeah and again i've been here 30 plus years and i can't remember somebody that's done two pick sixes it's hard in a season <laughs> i mean I, you know I, I had to really think about it you know we've had some great players we've had some great cover guys you know, Ron Ron Gibson comes to mind. That was a great cover corner and, um, you know, a bunch of others. But really to get the pick six is kind of the ultimate for a defensive back. Um, so I had to really think about it. And, you know, for Eric to have two and three games, that's kind of unique and very rare. And, um, again, I, I just think that's a, a testament to him and his hard work and what he's done. So you transferred in from Wesley College. Uh, take me through that process because it, it's been a tumult. We haven't talked a ton about it. It was a tumultuous time, obviously, for Wesley College with right. the program changing. How did you arrive to Rowan? I arrived to Rowan because, like, my coach, of course, he had called me when I was in the transfer portal, and I was just thinking about complaining to my mom about what school I'm going to go to next because I thought my college career would be over. But, of course, he told me that it will always be a place at home. And I live in New Jersey, Somerville, New Jersey, and he told me I could come home and play in the Glassboro. Coach, talk to us about finding Eric out there. Yeah, so, you know, Eric's high school coach had reached out, and then, you know, things at Wesley were looking a little bleak, right? Um, you know, there were a lot of rumors the last few years before they dropped football that they were going to. There was a lot of talk about it. Um, you know, they always got, you know, New Jersey players. They always did a great job. But when those rumors and things started to swirl, it became a little bit more evident. And I think Eric will, will attest, you know, the players there started like, are we going to have football? Are we not? Is it going to return? Is it not? And there were a lot of questions. And Eric's coach reached out. And then we were able to communicate with Eric and, you know, kind of worked it out that he was able to come and, you know, had him come and visit and have him look at the school and meet him. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good fit. I thought it would be a good fit for him. I think his high school coach thought that's why I reached out. Um, you know, and that was hard times for a lot of those players. Eric will attest at Wesley because that's really hard. And, you know, you want to go somewhere. You want to go somewhere where it's the right fit. Everything's good. You're happy. Everything's settled because there's a lot of transition, you know, when you go to college from high school anyways. And I felt for a lot of the players, and there were a lot of players that we had talked to, um, and it just kind of worked out with Eric. Can, can you talk to us a little bit about that, what it was like, you know, kind of finding out that things were kind of turning at Wesley, and, and you, you, you hit on it a little bit. You, well, you have to think about what's next for, for you, but can you take me through a little bit of, of that and what that felt like? So uh, it was my freshman year. I went into COVID year 2020. So while I was there, we were masked up. We went to class. There was no in online. It was all in person because in Delaware, there was no high rates in COVID. So then... 
coach had called us into the office and told us there would be no football anymore. So we're all looking as a freshman, like, what do you mean? No more football, no more school. And we literally had to decide what do we want to do? If we wanted to stay and go to another school or just go back home and do nothing. So you get here to, to Glassboro and become a part of the football program. Who were some of the guys you learned from when you first got here? I learned from Melakai Winters. Uh, who else? I learned from Miles Cook. And I learned from A.J. Curvin. They taught me my new techniques and helped me develop myself as a better player. Some pretty good names there. Yeah, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about that. It's about learning from the players that are in the program um, and, and understanding that, you know, they're going to help you make the transition. And it's not just football, right? It's classes, it's school. And, you know, Eric and I had a lot of conversations about all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. You know, it's not easy. Eric will be the first one to tell you there's a lot being a college athlete. And it's not just the football. The football is probably the easy part. It's everything else. It's the socialization, right? He had to all of a sudden meet a bunch of new teammates. He had to be at a new school. He had to be in a new environment. He had to figure out what the environment was like. Um, you know, so there's a, a process that you have to go through to be able to do that. And um, I was just impressed. I thought he's obviously a quiet guy. He doesn't say a lot, <laughs> right? He's got the big smile. Um, he's very confident in himself. Um, but I just, you know, really his high school coach told me a lot about him. I remembered him from high school, and I just thought it would be a, a really good fit. And he came with his aunt, I think, first of all. And, you know, she just talked about, you know, having him in the right place and the right time and making sure everything was a fit. And I told him that's the most important part is making sure this is the right fit for you. And, you know, so far it's worked out really well for him. We're in kind of a stage right now where basically for the next – you know, X number of years, we're going to have graduating classes who in, in some capacity were impacted by 2020. How tough of an adjustment was it for you to be able to, as coaches talked about, okay, you're, you're set somewhere, then you're not, and then you have to kind of learn a, a you know, different system, a, meet new people. I mean, it, it, talk to me about that social component and, and how tricky that was, if it was tricky at all. It was very tricky for me because, like Coach said, I'm really not a outgoing guy. I'm really quiet. I just know what I'm doing, something like that. So, like, when I came here to Rowan, I wasn't really talking to anybody. I was nonchalant. I came to practice, didn't talk. And then Coach Corsi had approached me and said, maybe you should get to know some people on the team. Maybe they might be going through the same thing you're going through. So one day I just ended up talking to some of the teammates, and they actually did. They didn't want to talk because nobody talked to them. Wow. That's, you know, we don't talk much about that during the course of the shows, like kind of the, the socialization between the, the players, especially the new ones. If you're coming in from a different program, whether you're first year or transfer, it's just a different circumstance altogether. Yeah, and, you know, especially we were trying to restart football back, right? So we're trying to restart football back. There's a lot of new players in the program at the time, so Eric wasn't the only one. And I remember, you know, that spring talking to all of them, just saying, listen, you got to get to know your teammates. The quicker you guys get to know each other, the quicker you're going to be able to rely on them. And again, you know, there weren't, weren't a lot of returning players because it was just a void of a lot of players couldn't come back to school. A lot of right. players had to work. So it was all a brand new environment. And, you know, I remember challenging Eric and, and all the players, you got to get to know everybody. Like, this is all like resetting the dial we got to figure out, like, where we're going and what we're doing. And 
Um, again, that's not easy, right? That, that's yeah. a hard, you know, it's hard to trust people when you don't know them yet, you know? It's hard to rely on them when you don't know them yet. You know, I try to come across that way with them, but they don't know who I am. They, you know, they, they don't really fully understand what it's all about. So that's that continuing socialization that you need to talk about to let them know that, you know, we as coaches care more about you than just as a football player. We care about you as a person. We want to make sure you do really well. If football works out, great. If football doesn't work out, so be it. Let's just make sure we're helping you in all phases of your life because you're going to be a better football player when all the other things in your life are going better. You know, and I think that's important. And that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, does that put your mind at ease at all as you go out there on, on, the, on the football field knowing that kind of the, the program has your back at the end of the day? All the time because I can trust every other player that's with me. I don't have to do somebody else's job. As you have developed as a player, one of the things that stands out to me about you is your confidence. Where did you first develop that, and was it something you picked up in high school when you started playing there? I, did, I didn't have that much confidence when I was in high school. I actually didn't have that much confidence when I transferred here. Mm. My confidence didn't build up until last year in the spring. The coaches, one of my main things was to build my confidence up because I had so lack of confidence, I wasn't playing great. But now that I got my confidence back, I'm playing even better at a higher level. Confidence is a big part of success in a lot of cases, and you know sometimes we don't necessarily think about it that way. But the, the psychological part could be huge. Yeah, and you got to be confident in all phases of your game too. Eric's become a really good student. He works hard at it. You know, those are all the other parts of it. You know, and you know you, you need to work hard in all phases of your life, academically, socially, you know, emotionally, spiritually. If you're a spiritual person, you know, in all those areas. Um, because life's hard, life's, life's tough, you know, and you got to make sure that um, you're relying and trusting on others because there are going to be others that rely and trust on you. Um, and again, that's hard for a quiet person like Eric. Um, I was kind of more quiet, high school, college, believe it or not. Um, but that, that's hard. You got to try to just throw down those barriers because if not, then you're never going to get to where you need to be. Um, and and you got to be vulnerable, right? And you have to let yourself or put yourself out there. And I like to talk about that with the players all the time. If you don't do that, then you're not going to reach whatever you're going to reach. So at this point of your career, it's your, your junior year. Has the page kind of turned for you? You know, we talked about the guys you learned from. Do you kind of feel like, in a way, you're becoming a mentor to others? I feel like I'm coming a big mentor to others because all the younger guys look at me now because they see me as one of the top defenders on the team. So they're asking me for new techniques. They're asking me for the play calls. They look at me as their example. Is, is there an NFL player you kind of say, I like that guy? Is there is somebody you, you model yourself after a little bit? Oh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, okay, okay, Jalen Ramsey. That's a, Well, he's one of the best. Yeah. So when when you see his game, what what do you try to take from his game? How physical he is. Mm. I like to be physical off the press and man and zone. I just like to get hands on the receiver. And sometimes, you know, the corners, the ability to do that, that can really frustrate wide receivers. Yeah, and I think that's the part that Eric always had that we saw. You know, he's a bigger, longer, leaner player at a position where you get a lot of usually shorter guys. Um, and that was the part to let him know, hey, listen, like, 
you're a pretty powerful, strong young man. You need to use that to your advantage. Um, and I think you could start to see him understand that part and start to enact that out on the field to be able to do that. And he, he did it a couple plays today in good versus good that I saw, and I told him, like, that's really good stuff that you're doing to be able to hang with the big guys. Like, um, you know, and I, and I think that's really important to be able to do that. So if you take a look back at, at so a lot of football left to be played this year, obviously, but going back to last year, I mean, did you line up against John Maldonado at all? I mean, in practice? All the time. Okay, so d- what what did playing against a guy like that um, help for you in terms of your skill level? It honestly boosted my confidence because it, we would go back and forth. Even though I was only a sophomore, we would go back and forth. One day I'll beat him one day, and the next day he'll beat me. But we always came back and kept competing every day. Who, who on this particular group have you had some uh, good head-to-head battles with? With Corey. Okay. A bigger receiver. <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, you, you see a, a defensive back get really physical against wide receivers. Is it hard to take, in your opinion, is it hard to take wide receivers kind of out of their game from a mental perspective quickly because of that? They really get a lot of frustrated. They get frustrated a lot because of that because they're not used to a small, not a smaller guy, but a guy like me actually touching them. They think that I'm going to bail or back away, but I don't back away. I have my confidence now. Okay, so a couple more questions for you. As, as we take a look here at the rest of the season, what do, you, what do you see here for the defense? What do you think needs to improve as you guys get set for the next stage? Honestly, I think that we just need to align right in our assignment and then tackle. I honestly think we could be one of the best defenses in the D3. As far as your game, what do you look at and say, okay, this is what I'm trying to add here in the next year plus as a prop? What I'm trying to add to my game, I'm trying to be able to play more zone, not just iso ball, be more in the run fit to help out with the run. Well, Eric, it's been a blast talking with you. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. Eric Bryant, outstanding defensive back for the Rowan University Pros football team and a, a big-time playmaker, a couple of touchdowns already on the young season. We'll take a break, and when we come back, We'll run through the NJAC scoreboard and... Uh-oh. Not the questions, but we'll, which we'll get to. But Are we, we getting the answer about the beard? Yes. We do have an update on the beard. Actually, let's ask you before we, we go to break. And be honest, Eric. I know, I know he will be. <laughs> Who has a better beard, Coach Acorsi or C.J. Beattie? Coach Corsi. Okay. All, All right. All right. That's another, that's another vote for Coach. <laughs> we'll tell you about the results so far when we come back. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way right after this. Ooh, RowanRadio.com? What's this? A full program and sports schedule for WGLS so you never miss your favorite shows? Station archives to see the history of Rowan Radio? A virtual tour of the station? They even have podcasts, too. Oh, and you can listen online. Ooh, I love this song. Go to RowanRadio.com for more Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Back here on the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. We will be here with you at, uh, until 7 o'clock at that time. Sam DeChusis will take over with pop flavor. And, Coach, how about Eric Bryant? Yeah, so uh, I want to get this in. My goal every year is to really get to know all the players and break them down and get them to open up. And I think that's, you know, the key, especially with the new players, because that's a very daunting task, right? They come into a climate that's very uh, competitive, high level, high energy. So there's always the new players that are very tentative. Um, So I take the challenge to try to break them down, to get them to be personal and involved. Eric was one of the hardest ones ever um, because he's very quiet, but you could tell he's very confident in what he does. Um, So just to get him to talk, just to get him to communicate um, was challenging for me more than most players. Mm. But I knew once we did, like he just mentioned, Once you get him started, forget about it. He's a chatterbox, yeah. right? And I just said that to yeah. him. I go, Eric, you did a great job. He goes, oh, coach, you know, once I get started, I get started, you know? <laughs> and, again, I think that's really important, you know, to make sure that um, they feel that social connection because they're not going to be really good football players. They're not going to be good students. They're not going to, you know, buy in or do everything that you want them to do until they feel comfortable. He was one of the harder ones. Yeah. No question from day one. Well, I mean, he is a, he's a soft-spoken guy. Yes. But you, you definitely get the sense very confident yes. in, in, in what he believes and what he's saying. Yes. And I, I feel like that's a very good addition to have. Yes, it is. And, he, you know, I couldn't be more proud of him. You know, his play in the field, he still hasn't reached his potential. We haven't, haven't had a true cover corner, physical corner, like Eric, in a long time, he he's really special and really good. I, you know, I was waiting for him to chime in. Hey, Coach, when are you going to let me play a little offense? Because he did play both in high school. Mm-hmm. He was a really good wide receiver. Probably could be for us. Again, I'm not going to go down that road yet, yeah. but I was waiting. You know, I'm waiting for him to do that. But he was one of the tougher ones, as they say, the tougher nut to crack, because he was just, you know, he's just you, you see that in him. He's... He takes pride in everything that he does, you know, and that, and that's something that's really important and valuable. And if, if there was ever a time to make sure guys are connecting with each other, it was right the, after COVID. Right yeah, right after COVID, because there's there's no real playbook for restarting <laughs> after. I mean, no no one's had to do it at least from a pandemic standpoint. Obviously, there have been other situations where programs have had to restart at some point, yep. but. In this particular spot, you had to try to figure out a way to get guys reconnected. Yep. He, you know, again, I think all the players like that, he's another special guy. We're very fortunate he's with us. And he has two touchdowns already yeah. this season, <laughs> three in his short career as a prop. So it's going to be fun to watch him continue to develop at Rowan University. Let's go through the NJAC scoreboard oh, from oh. last weekend. Yeah, I, I, I have to say some of these are, are very surprising yeah. uh, to, to an extent. Uh, Muhlenberg defeating TCNJ 38-10. Yeah. Uh, you know, you talked about Muhlenberg, I believe, last week. It's, I mean, not, not a bad squad at all. Yeah, no, I mean, really, when you look at the Centennial, it's been kind of the two and now emerging with their sinus three schools. Um, you know, again... 
it's a difficult conference. Um, you know, it's they got some really good teams. It's just it's challenging, you know. And as a conference, I think we all knew that in the end, Jack. It was going to be very challenging, and we just needed to fight through and, you know, do as best as we could, and that's what we're doing. Franklin and Marshall defeating Montclair State 31-25. to It was a close game yep. at halftime. 17-12 lead for Franklin and Marshall before the Diplomats went to work and won it by six. Yeah, again, you know, again, and, and I, I don't mean to disparage their conference by just talking about Muhlenberg and Hopkins and Ursinus. All their teams are competitive and good, you know, so I think we knew in the end, Jack, it was going to be a challenge. Of, of course, the, the game, not to bury the lead, but the, the game that really caught people's attention, Johns Hopkins going to Salisbury and winning 42-7. to When you take a look at some of the numbers, 469 yards of total offense, 231 for the Seagulls. They were held to 96 yards rushing on 33 carries, which is a huge problem for them since they run the triple option. Yeah, again, and, you know, you have to give those schools credit. Again, you know, the Centennial, those schools, you know, there's a reason why they're really good in sports. There's a reason why they're really good in football. Um, they put a, put a lot of resources into it. Um, a lot of times it's the face of their university. Um, you know, again, it's it's just kind of what it is, and we just got to keep battling back and fighting. Bay Harvey, 18 of 23, 187 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception for Johns Hopkins. Uh, victorious easily on the road against the, the team picked to win the New Jersey Athletic Conference. We'll see how things play out for the Seagulls moving forward. William Patterson. Bounce back win for them, 35-14 over McDaniel. Yep, and good to see. Again, you know, we know a lot about McDaniel. Very athletic, you know, very good team. And it was good to see William Patterson do that. So, you know, again, we got to be happy anytime an NJAC team beats a Centennial team and just keep fighting, you know, fighting the fight. And Christopher Newport rounding out things, a 49-17 winner over Gettysburg. As, you know, Christopher Newport is one of the, I think one of the wild card teams in the league because you can go back as, as far as you want with, with Rowan football from basically the, the early 2000s on. Yep. They have given the profs a hard time no matter what's going on with them. And this is we're talking about some outstanding Rowan teams that really had to fight tooth and nail with Christopher Newport. Yep. You know, a hotbed of football down in that Newport News, Virginia Beach area. You know, they're going to get their athletes, and they do. Uh, looks like they have a transfer quarterback that's pretty good. Um, their regular quarterback's pretty good, um, but their transfer quarterback is really dynamic and special. So that's what you would expect from Christopher Newport, you know, a, gr- a great area for, you know, high school football, and they're getting their share of good players. Dickinson defeated Kane 24-13, and that rounds out a look at the NJAC scoreboard. Not much doing this week in the NJAC Actually, as we speak, TCNJ getting ready to take on Franklin and Marshall tonight. And then Saturday, Montclair State versus a, a team that the Profs saw many moons ago in the postseason, Union. Yeah, you know, again, so, you know, obviously dipping out of the, you know, NJAC Centennial Challenge, you know, is important because we all have to pick up that extra game. Um, I think Stevenson has Widener this weekend, so it'll be good to see where Stevenson is in regards to things. I think Widener might be 3-0, and uh, Stevenson 2-1 and maybe. 
Uh, obviously a big matchup in the, in the MAC. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because we obviously played Stevenson, used to play Widener to see kind of where that game's going to go, um, you know, in relation to, you know, how we played against Stevenson as well. Uh, Stevenson 2-1 and one so yep. far on the season, and uh, they, they've been able to put up some points here uh, so far through the young years. They get ready for Widener on Saturday. And, yeah, Widener it's undefeated. 3-0. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. 42-30 and 57. To yeah. Start the season. Yeah. So you know, again, that's you know, there's not a lot of weak teams in Division Three football. I don't care what anybody says. You know, uh, there's a lot of really good teams, a lot of good conferences, and a lot of good football. And um, you know, it speaks volumes about you know the competitive nature of Division Three football. We've got some Rowan University football fan questions of the week Uh on the way. Uh And also we will have an update on the beard poll as well to round out this final segment of the Rowan University football coaches show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More on the way from Italian Affair in Glassboro with the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Acorsi, and myself, Derek Jones. Headed your way in just a moment. Stay tuned. WGLSFM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially when you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues, from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. Download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Halloween is coming, and Rowan Radio wants to send you to Eastern State Penitentiary. Eastern State Penitentiary has 15 frightfully exciting attractions, including five haunted houses and so much more. Enter to Halloween a pair of tickets on select nights. We're picking two winners online Friday, September 29th. Just visit Rowan Radio on Facebook and Instagram for details. Like, tag, and share with the body you want to bring along, and you could be a winner. You'll have skeletons of fun at Eastern State Penitentiary this Halloween season. Just visit Rowan Radio on Facebook and Instagram for details to learn more. Winners will be selected Friday, September 29th. Enter to win a pair of tickets to Eastern State Penitentiary today. Before it's too late. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Derek Jones along with the head coach of Rowan University Football and Jay Acorsi for a few more moments before Sam DeChusis takes over pop flavor at the top of the hour. Now, if you, you were not with us last week, we had discussed as a part of the fan question of the week, yes. who had the best beard, yes. either you or linebacker C.J. Beattie. Yep. And the the votes have, have come in. Now, okay. I, I will say that the poll technically, because of how Twitter works, is still open, but you have a sizable lead, sir. Wow. Of 71% of, wow. the, of the vote hmm. over C.J. Beattie. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. That's it, because I did look, and CJ has a really outstanding beard. Yes. And I uh, looked at him at practice the other day when they were sitting around getting ready for announcements, and 
It's got a good shape. It's full. It's really nice. Yeah. I think because mine's silver or gray. Yeah. And I might yeah. remind everybody, kind of, somebody. <laughs> I think that's probably tipping the scales would be my guess. Th- that, you, hey, it might help. It might help a little bit, but... Yeah. Uh, so far, Coach Acorsi running away with, with that vote uh, in who has the best beer. Okay, now it's time to get to the fan questions of the week. Our first question comes from Aiden in Glassboro, okay. who wants to know about the running back rotation. How do you see things playing out? Obviously, you have James Farah back there, but also you have some very talented backups as well Bakula another score for him right. on Saturday yeah you know we need to play Nunez and, and Tyshawn Bookman more um, you know both of them played really well against McDaniel when we didn't have James um, again we just can't run James the whole game I think we need to change it up a little bit you know it's like that baseball pitch you keep throwing fastball fastball eventually they catch up to the fastball we need to mix it up with those other two players obviously Nunez had that gear that, you know, until you see it in a game, kind of surprised a lot of us a little bit. Um, so, again, that was nice to see, especially because he's a little bit bigger and physical and patient. Um, Tyshawn's more of that scat back, right, that changes things up. So, again, we, we, we need to play more players to be able to make sure all our players are fresh. So, again, I think you're going to see more of a rotation at that spot as the season goes on. Another one from Glassboro, this one from Allie. Hey, Coach, as someone who was a former band member in high school, I wanted your thoughts on the marching band last Saturday night. Awesome, awesome. I mean, uh, you know, that was, you know, that was electric. It was great. I watched them Friday night practice. Uh, we spent time with them doing their revised alma mater and fight song during training camp. Um, you know, to see those students work so hard to hear them. I mean, we practiced all at training camp and heard them morning, noon, and night when they were out in the parking lot marching all day long and, and doing it. I thought they were awesome. Um, once their uniforms come in, I think it's going to even be more spectacular. Um, you know, it's hard at the end of the game, but I wanted to rebring that tradition of playing the alma mater like all the, the big, more traditional historic teams do, like Army navy air force notre dame um so i i was happy the players kind of did that at the end of the game with the band and i think the band members appreciate that it's not something you want to do when you lose but i think that's the tradition and the history and the pageantry of college football when you have a band they were awesome I thought they sounded great. Uh, I, and the halftime show, I kept yeah. hearing it was, I mean, I didn't yeah, see it. It was very good. It, I heard it was yeah. really good. Yeah, the 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 stream, I believe it's still online. Oh, you is it? You can actually go back and watch it. I'll have it to go and, check it out. Yeah, and, and, and see it. And and that's, uh, it, it's so cool to see something like that be started here and to actually come to fruition and see it performed. Yeah, and they only there. started like mid-August. Yes. You know, so they're barely in their infancy and to do what they're doing is just spectacular. And, you know, those students, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, so excited for them. I'm so excited for our players, our fans. You know, we haven't talked a lot about, you know, the crowds, but the home games have been jammed. You know, that's great to see. That's what you want in that environment. And you have to think in a couple of weeks it'll, you'll, you'll see another pretty good turnout yeah. as well. So, yeah, two weeks against a really good team with Hopkins. They're going to travel really well. They do have some South Jersey flavor, so... 
you know, another probably big crowd for a big game. Last question, of course, from Juan. Juan. All right, thanks. He slid it in. <laughs> he, Juan it got it there just in time. After three tough opponents, how is the team holding up health injury-wise? You know, it's been hard. You know, we lost players during training camp. You know, we lost Kyle DeGraw, a defensive end that we thought was really going to be a main contributor for us. On the defensive line, you know, we lost him during training camp. We lost him last year, hoping maybe to get him back. Um, you know, that was a, a really huge loss. Obviously, Terry Carlstrom, the wide receiver, even though I think we're a little deep at that position. Um, you know, but we're getting some players back. You know, that's the part of football that's natural. Um, you know, everybody asks about Brad Small, who got hurt in the game against Stevenson. Um, I've seen him a couple of different times, and he's doing better. Um, so everybody asks about him. You know, it's the nature of the sport, you know, and it's a part of it you don't like to see, you don't like to hear about, but you have to understand it's a part of the sport, so you have to understand that part of it. So, you know, we held out a lot of players, not to my liking this week, but you have to, in the off week, let a chance to get some players back that – you know, need some time to rest and, and get ready for the final push. And, and that's, you know, you've, you've talked about the, the centennial and how tough it is, but one of the, the tricks with that is sometimes, yeah, you, you play good teams, it's going to be physical, and unfortunately that's part of the game. Yeah, and every game has been that way. Stevenson was very physical. McDaniel McDaniel was very physical. Ursinus was very physical. And Hopkins is going to be no different. You know, they're big. They're big on the offensive line. They have a really outstanding defensive end that's going to cause us a lot of problems. But, again, that's why they're good, you know, and the hope is that that's what's hardening us for conference play. And as I told the team all this week, listen, these games are helping us. You win the conference, you get into the NCAA playoffs. And that's the thing. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. So I knew, you know, I was hoping maybe we'd be 2-1 and one at this time. Um, you know, we're not. We're one and two. You got to look at it realistically. Seeing Hopkins, I was kind of hoping maybe we could come out two and two. Um, you know, I, you just got to kind of work with it and do the best you can. But again, it's really good football teams. I'll be the first to tell you, I, I'd much rather play Sisters of the Poor, but there's no <laughs> Sisters of the Poor out there, and they're, they don't, they don't want to play Rowan. So it is what it is. But again, I think it's really testing us early. And it'll help us as we make the final stretch. Uh, tip of the cap to Juan, who has been busy this week out in California. Oh, okay. Checking in and uh, wanted to make sure he got his question and in. he got it in just yes. under the radar, yes. didn't he? Absolutely. And, of course, we'll be back at it next week. Uh, before we go, just quick thoughts on the food. Oh, here? Yes. Oh, yeah. So I told you I had the uh, veal last week. Yes. It was unbelievable. I saw, and I thought I ordered the wrong thing. So the people next to us um, had the um, lasagna. And then somebody had, I think, maybe the eggplant. So I already had in my mind, if I was coming again, and I'm glad my wife and daughter want to come tonight, what I'm going to get. So it's either going to be the eggplant or the lasagna. The lasagna looked unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was like I was mouth-watering, and I was ready to you know jump over and grab it. Um, Really good food here. You know, they do a great job. Awesome. And we'll be back here next week, once again, every Thursday at 6 o'clock right here as a part of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Coach, enjoy the bye week. Yeah, and everybody can rest and relax this week. Yep. Watch some of your favorite pro teams. Watch some of your favorite college teams. 
Um, you know, you're off this week from Rowan, so you got a chance to kind of relax a little bit and not be on the edge of your seats, and I'll be able to do the same thing. I won't have the battery acid going through my stomach yeah. this weekend. I'll be able to rest and relax a little bit and feel like a normal human, but then it'll start to turn a little bit on Sunday and Monday and get back to it. And, again, I can't say enough about the crowds and the people and the students you know, that came out, um, we gave out, you know, athletic flags in kind of a, you know, a lottery type way with students. It was overwhelming. Look for social media. I think we're going to do something for the coin toss for next Saturday. Oh. So look at our social media page. And I think there's going to be some challenges there about getting a student to come out and do the coin toss for next weekend's game. Right. So check your social media. Not that I know what it is. <laughs> not that I control it, but. Our young guys do a really good job, and one of the interns, Colin Petrullo, does a phenomenal job with it. So we have some things to pique the interest of everybody, and especially students, um, for next week. So take your week off, rest and relax like we are, but then get ready back at it next Saturday. We expect the place to be packed. Absolutely. Pross versus Johns Hopkins coming up next, or excuse me, in two Saturdays on the 30th. And it should be a fantastic game at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium. Special thanks back to Sam DeTusis. Sam has pop flavor on the it, way. So what, what's pop flavor? You it's, gotta... it's top 40 music. So Taylor Swift, okay. Drake, gotcha. kind of in that, okay. in that spectrum. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You All have right. any favorites? Now I know what pop flavor. Is Madonna pop flavor? Yeah. Old-fashioned pop yeah, flavor? Old, definitely old-fashioned old pop, pop flavor. Yes, yes. Okay, so I could say that one of my favorite old, you know, Singers with pop flavor. Yeah. So I could sure. call her pop flavor. Sure. She's still releasing music, so you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. Pop flavor. <laughs> I like pop flavor. That's all. <laughs> Lollipop flavor. We're, we're, <laughs> Grape might, is my favorite. We might have to make that a drop at some point. Thanks a lot, Coach. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Until next time, have a good one, everybody. Pop flavor on the way right after this.